Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> this is amazing. Right, hopefully things aren't lagging either. As I click the thing, there we go. <laughs> there we go. A mouse, I'm really good with mouse. All I've got to do is click on an eye. That's it, and everything's working fine. Let's bloody go, guys. <laughs> Let's go. Anyway, hello and welcome to the NOP Radio NXT review. As you can see, if you're watching on the YouTube... On the YouTube, on the YouTube video. <laughs> You'll see James Boy. <laughs> Loads of people will be watching this on the toilet anyway. <laughs> Let's go with it. <laughs> so, please welcome... From One Nation Radio over on Social Suplex, welcome back, James Boyd. All right, thanks for having me again, man. Um, I feel I, I'm trying to think. This was last time I was on was the first week of Great American Bash, right? So I don't know. We might be more positive this week. I'm not. I'm not sure. We'll see as well, the show goes along. Well, so I reckon majority, majoritively, will be more positive. Towards the end, we'll end the show on a negative, but looking at analytics, oh most people will think we're super positive. <laughs> looking at the numbers, most people don't make it to the end of a show. I don't know who mm-hmm. these people are. Like the people who watch television and then don't finish the show they're watching. It's like, why would you watch 20 minutes of this drama? <laughs> you got that far in. <laughs> and you, why don't you, you've committed from this point. Anyway, so I know most people will think we're perfectly happy. Also, uh, give a shout out to the One Nation Radio show, where uh, these past couple of weeks, with Evil becoming champion in New Japan, have been a delight. <laughs> Listen to the fun there. Uh, and I guess a shout out to Rich Latter appearing on uh, Keeping It Strong Style to dive, delve into further into those happy times <laughs> on, on behalf of James. Um, anyway, tonight we're talking about NXT. So happy faces all around for the show tonight. It's a it's, a it's an interesting time for NXT where they're building towards TakeOver 30 and uh, so seemingly in the background WWE's crazy sounding plans for SummerSlam are falling through. It's like, what do you mean we're not allowed to gather loads of people on a small boat or a different arena or, or something? It's like, my God, just just, just give it up already. <laughs> It'll be all right. Um, listen to AJ Styles of all people. <laughs> Even he's being level-headed. That tells you something. <laughs> he's the rational one. Uh, I'm way off topic. I was going to talk about NXT, but TakeOver 30 is coming towards the end of August and they are slowly building towards that show in true NXT fashion where it's way in advance things get confirmed and they get built upon and built upon. There's this thing called continuity in NXT. I quite like it. <laughs> it's quite nice. It builds over time. When characters do things, you're like, oh yeah, it builds into their character. That makes sense. Some lines are still a bit naff. Uh, I love Keith Lee. Sand one didn't land for me this week. <laughs> Just that line. You, I didn't, you didn't like that line? I didn't like the sand line. <laughs> it did nothing for me. I, Everything I else love is promo. Mm. I love that line because, like, it is, it is, it, it, for me, I felt like it destroyed, like, that whole thing. Like, he said, he, you know, the vignettes that we saw for months, like, TikTok, TikTok. And then, like, his gimmick is that he hands Adam Cole a, uh, um, hourglass, like, that's mm. sand pouring down. And then, like, you know, he smashes the, the, uh, he, he smashes that thing, saying, like, I don't care about that. And then, you know, Honestly, this whole thing is about really. <laughs> it's really about. Um, I'm blanking on his name right now. Cross being upset that he broke this man's like hourglass. That's all this is about. It's like you broke you broke my toy that I gave to Adam Cole. I don't appreciate that. So now I'm going to like you know bludgeon your friend to near death. So I I think you know 
for for what he was trying to accomplish, saying like I'm done with your games. I, I thought it was a pretty good um, line, but I guess you didn't. <laughs> yeah, for me, I I don't know why I just didn't make that connection of um, I guess the kind of what are like, this, the fact that what Cross is doing is a little bit silly. <laughs> that was only because oh. <laughs> just a little bit silly to be doing all that. Whilst uh, I. I've, 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 I think I bought into him way before WWE, so I've taken him as quite serious, and then he turned up with the super mm-hmm. serious thing, and I was just okay. kind of like, for some reason, every single other word in his promo did land, and it was just that one line, and I think part mm. of it was the fake crowd immediately at a top volume going, oh, like it's a rap battle. <laughs> it's just like, no, <laughs> it's not, uh, it's... It's not. Imagine a rap battle, but the crowd is told when to make that noise, as in ahead of time. They know, to, like that's how it kind of feels like to me watching WWE. Sometimes it's just mm. it just doesn't land. From it, just, yeah, it takes away from it. That's the bloody phrase I was looking for. <laughs> it takes away from what I'm actually seeing in front of me, um, or hearing, or whatever. When I when the crowd is like that, it's like the uh, like America's Got Talent and stuff, where it's just so heavily edited and fake and produced that it's difficult to get into it. I'm assuming America's Got Talent is the same as Britain's Got Talent. <laughs> I think it's the same I mean, company. We, we have lots of shows like that, but but yeah, we I think we actually do have a, a America's Got Talent. Yeah, we do. So yeah, I, 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 I don't watch those kind of, kind of shows, but there are lots of them. There was X Factor. There was, oh, uh, was. you know, American <laughs> Idol. There is, you know, America's Got Talent. There is... Um, the Voice, like there's a bunch of these shows. Um, like we have a show now where it's basically like a talent show type thing where people put masks on their celebrities to oh, hide the, the fact uh, that they're doing a singing thing. Mask the, singer, mask singer. Right, it, yeah. right. We have that. We have that. Like we, we, we. I mean, it's been like 20 years of this now. 20 years of like <laughs> those shows doing gigantic ratings in America. Yeah, but it's it's an Englishman's fault. It's Simon Cowell's fault. <laughs> so yes, I've got absolutely. to accept some blame. <laughs> it is someone from my country <laughs> uh, who apparently chain smokes almost. <laughs> he's just, he's like really with that that tiny tanned man <laughs> could chain smokes. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's a bit off topic. <laughs> this bed say. Um, it's like again, if not listen to one of our shows, this always happens oh, <laughs> every yeah, single time. Uh, Rich and James's own show is arguably the most tangent. Big, <laughs> they just talk about they just talk about life for half an hour <laughs> or whatever. Uh, anyway, I swear, that was, I can't which week it was. Somewhere had released a new burger, and the first twenty minutes was you reviewing it. <laughs> I can't remember what it was either a burger or a sandwich or something. Uh, I remember you really liked it. That's it. <laughs> I just remember really enjoying it about this. Oh mess- yeah, 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 yeah. There is a um, yeah. Uh, there is a. Ch- uh, ch- Fry a fast food chicken joint, mm. um, a chain actually of um, throughout the nation here called Popeyes. Um, oh, yes, I didn't have Popeyes. Yeah, like it's basically is billed as like Cajun flavored fried chicken. Mm. Like it's basically like uh, it, it's yeah, like it's a, just another version of KFC, except more people like uh, that version. And they came out with a chicken sandwich to compete with like uh, maybe you ever heard, ever heard of Chick Fil A? I have heard of Chick Fil A. Yes. Yeah, they came up with a chicken sandwich instead instead of selling chi- just chicken and you know other stuff. They're, they now have gotten themselves to the chicken sandwich business. So like it became this thing where it's like you know they were so popular that they ran out of supplies for it. So they were gone for months. <laughs> uh, 
like they were just off the shelves or weren't available for months and then they finally like put them back because uh, of the demand or whatever else. But yeah, this is a wrestling podcast. We, we did it again. <laughs> so, so in case you put it again, he's talking about that and I'm thinking, oh yeah, over here our KFC ran out of chicken. <laughs> and it was a major story. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just like, don't bring that up because <laughs> it's another tangent. <laughs> Proof that I'll just go with it. <laughs> Whatever the conversation takes. Anyway, so let's talk about the actual title in the video. It wasn't talking about comparing chicken troubles. <laughs> it was undisputed era. Uh, the for, I guess heels of the big major heels who've been running NXT. Uh, they officially returned on this show after Adam Cole lost the title to Keith Lee at the Great American Bash. This was their. As a group, their main return, we hadn't seen Carlo Riley for a while. We hadn't seen Bobby Fish, who's normally paired to Riley anyway. We'd only seen Roderick Strong, who, again, another barn burner this week. And we hadn't seen Cole at all since he dropped the title. So it was quite nice to see them there as a unit. And we got the answer to what Twitter was asking. I wasn't on Twitter that much this week, but I saw the odd person asking the question, was the thing on Pat McAfee on that show, was that legit or not? Again, I hadn't seen the video till NXT this week, so to me, it was always seemingly a work because it was on the show and incorporated to the show, so I didn't get to go in with that hype. But uh, did you see the video beforehand? Did you get a sense of what it was like on Twitter? I, I didn't watch the video because I didn't really care. But um, <laughs> because, like, it just screamed, it screamed, this is fake to me. Um, so I, I, I just, you know... I, I left it alone, and, and then, you know, a couple days later, we're going to bring, you know, we're going to discuss this on the show. I'm like, oh, yeah, super work. Mm. So. Yeah, and I, w- I will say both guys did a great job, I would say, on when I'm watching it. They do do a pretty good job, and the fact that people were on Twitter questioning it, as in the higher level, you always get people, oh, What's the phrase? Oh, the Daniel Bryan phrase. Fickle. <laughs> Just look at the uh, right, petition right, right. sites. <laughs> Search WWE in a petition site. You'll have a fun time. <laughs> but it's oh god. Um, but yeah. So if you, um, so yeah, you get either side obviously in terms of super fans, super and super against whatever. But with this one, it was seemingly in the middle where people would assume it's a work, but it's done well enough that they can't be certain. It's like, yeah, you've done a good job there. It, it, was, right. it was entertaining to watch on the show. It fit in as well. I like it when the show mixes it up and tries to feel a bit real in different areas, or they, they try something, something else. Uh, NXT's kind of always done that, where they'll do something. That the, the start of this show. The start of this show, that was them trying something pretty different <laughs> than what they've done before. Like, pretty chaotic. It's like, oh, we're going, are we? Oh, okay. <laughs> but it was different. It was... Uh, not the norm. And I really uh, admire... W- uh, not WWE. I admire NXT <laughs> for doing that. So I, for, uh, slip there. <laughs> but yeah, I admire NXT for doing that. But with uh, Undisputed Era, we hadn't seen them. And we've seen Roderick Strong again in Triple Threat last week and in the singles match this week. But them as a unit, it was quite a sight to behold, especially as they were going after Imperium. Again, continuity... Awesome to see Undisputed Era continue to go after Imperium, uh, especially as on Twitter as somebody was tweeting out going, do you remember when NXT had tag titles? It's like, ah, yes, in a COVID world, they would not exist. <laughs> Just gone. It's gone away because I'm assuming it's either something to do with travel or with those two in particular, or one of them. Um, the returning champs this week, they made easy work of NXT's resident jobber team, Ever Rise, which, again, 
makes me laugh that they get one of the biggest pops from the faux crowd <laughs> every week on NXT. Um, the returning chaps, they made easy work of them. and just like had a tad of fun. Uh, they hit the the powerbomb European uppercut off Brett's rope combo. I think they just called it the European uppercut powerbomb. <laughs> you know, just like, that's... <laughs> I'll make it even more clunky. Just <laughs> add more words to it. Uh, they hit that for the win. And then after the match, Bartel was attempting a promo. But all four members of Undisputed Era charged the ring. And Cole shouts into the main camera that they run NXT. No one else. But this, where they're kind of charging after the heels. This mixed in with, I guess, Johnny Gargano versus Roderick Strong. And mixed in with Adam Cole's promo with Pat McAfee, where they were focusing in on Cole's, I guess, Cole's height and him getting angry at that. And just, if you're trying to feel, if, I was thinking, are they more subtly, because it isn't the main roster, trying to build a bit of sympathy and then they go after them? As in, they're, they're, they're moving from pure heel to that slightly cool group. As in, that slight little tweak might have started to happen and you might be it's got that feeling where if this was week one if you keep drip feeding the little things undisputed especially in the feud against imperium undisputed era are gonna kind of like de facto be the baby faces in that because they are the cool nxt stable that you love and they're gonna de facto kind of switch that way is it for me me personally wouldn't mind if they just got called up (laughs) as it's been long enough i've enjoyed their time here but if they must stay, if they simply must, then I guess either put somebody else, put some other group over, which Imperium could be, or you kind of switch it a bit to them. I'll call it the Johnny Gargano or the reverse Johnny Gargano, where you completely switch alliance to try and freshen it up. Uh, didn't work at first for me for Johnny Gargano because I'm I've seen everything, <laughs> and it was really really good. <laughs> it was some of the best stuff I've seen. It's just he's still going and. I'm not getting that same feeling. Anymore. He's still really good, as he showed this week. I'm just not getting that same feeling. And Undisputed Era, if you must keep them, I guess, why not turn them into the kind of former heel stable that then got the respect of the fans, in a way. Am I the only one that got that kind of feeling from the little things this week? I'm not sure if you're the only one that felt it, but I can tell you that like I didn't feel that at all. <laughs> um, like... Okay, so if we're going to go through the continuity of um, Worlds Collide in January with, uh, or actually not take that back, Black or Takeover Blackpool Two and also uh, Worlds Collide in January, they start they brought the fight to Imperium at the end of the main event between Joe Coffey and Walter that went way too long, but that's besides the point. Um, so. They attack them, and then once you get to the match, uh, when um, Alexander Wolf got knocked out, and Imperium had to work from underneath, the foreigners turned into the baby faces because one, they were down a man, and two, Walter's friggin' awesome. <laughs> so, for, so um, for them to have you know won while a man down. I always thought they were going to get back to that, and I honestly thought that the end game before COVID hit, obviously, was eventually we were going to get the NXT title versus the NXT UK title. I thought we were going to have the unification uh, match, except with the UK title, and I thought we were going to get Walter, and I thought, you know, from there, we were going to eventually get, um, because of 
uh, the young, or how do I say, the, the younger-ish guys are all bigger compared to what the typical NXT main event um, wrestler had been for a few years between Gargano or Cole or Ciampa or even someone like Alistair. Um, so when you have, you know, Dijak and, and Walter and um, Priest and you had Cross coming in, it seemed like the main event was going to flip over. And we're still headed that in that direction. But I thought like, okay, so I thought we were going to have Walter become the double champion or whatever else. Whatever happens with the mechanisms of belts after that, I don't know. But I thought we were headed towards a Walter Keith Lee takeover main event somewhere down the line for um, the NXT top title. Um, we got that didn't happen. We end up getting Keith Lee now as opposed to later, which I'm happy for because honestly, I had been waiting for Keith Lee or Matt Riddle at the time, Matt Riddle, uh, to break free. I don't really care about Matt Riddle now, obviously, but um, I, I so, but anyway, I, I thought all of that played into um, that we got la- last night was playing in, off of the history of January. Um, and, you know, with the McAfee and the Adam Cole thing, it comes off Adam, like, I don't, how do I say this? I'm six foot four. I don't know if that uh, translates to in in terms of, uh, in, in terms of uh, centimeters for you, Imp, but I'm like. We, spe- we I, speak in foot, so I'm six foot one. Ugh, I didn't okay. catch myself, okay. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Basically, what I was going to say is like, I'm an inch taller than Keith Lee. I've, I've met mm. Keith Lee in person before. I'm an inch taller than Keith Lee. So like. I've I've lived this quote unquote tall life for a long time, and I can't I can only speak from my perspective, but um, I have noticed that people that uh, that that tend to live the short life have a real short fuse about being uh, short and don't take it in stride, and like it is not baby face is or or or, or, a, or you don't. When people have the short fuse about them being short, that doesn't really come off baby face to me. I just see it as you have short man syndrome. Like, mm. I don't know. Maybe you need to go, you know, write a diss record or something. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, so, I I just never picked up any any, any things that I guess you 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 um you also uh or not also but you heard or, or felt. I just didn't it, it didn't hit me that way. I think part of it might be. Uh... Pat McAfee comes across as a bit of a douche. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So him yeah. going after Cole. Cole's the de facto baby face in that feud. <laughs> so just immediately. Uh, maybe maybe that's part that's of true. it. That's true. I mean, and, I will say this. If it was Sam Roberts doing conducting that interview and the same thing went down, then I probably would feel the same way you did. Because <laughs> he's even worse. Oh. That's a poll we need to put out. Who who who's the most agitating? <laughs> I guess just to watch. <laughs> just Sam Roberts or Pat McAfee. Oh, it's, it's Roberts. I didn't even have to think about that. <laughs> it's yeah. anyway. Like yeah. Seth. Yeah, Seth Rollins thinks that uh, Sam Roberts has an annoying voice. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least Pat McAfee's got a professionalism about him, and in his element, he fits in perfectly. <laughs> so. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I got that with Undisputed Era, just that feeling of could they slowly be trying to turn them face, or at least turn them into we're the cool stable guys, do cheer or boo, whatever you want. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I am, I guess maybe slightly influenced by recently coming back from New Japan, and of course when with Lij at the forefront to kind of analysing what are Lij right now, then kind of just seeing well they're the super cool stable that yeah, <laughs> and, uh, we slowly transitioned from heel to kind of tween a cool thing to 
definitely the top baby faces, even though they still do some of their heel shenanigans. Because oh, oh, the, oh, look at them kicking the referee. Oh, aren't those guys funny? Ah, oh, what they like. <laughs> so it's it, it switched tones a little bit, even though it's still doing the same acts. So uh, I was thinking, yeah, I just got the impression that it could slowly be doing that of undisputed yeah. era. But again, yeah. I prefer them to get called up. Yeah, yeah, I'm. And if they get called up, they all need to go because it's not oh, yeah. one. It's pro- one giving given the history of where we are with NXT call-ups over the last five years. Um, actually, f- are we close to six years of NXT call-ups? Um, <laughs> it's overwhelmingly not going going to work. But aside from that, it's just you know those guys don't really have the things that Vince tends to like to push guys historically, right? Like they're all they're all five ten or shorter. Um, and, you know, yeah, Cole's charismatic, but um, tra- I feel like he's traditionally charismatic as a person you can put um, in the mid-card. But, like, is Vince going to see that, and how long is it going to take him to see that? And once that happens, how, you know, what's, what's he going to do with someone like Kyle O'Reilly, who is charismatic and charming in in a way that is not the way that Vince likes? Like, Vince would want to... You know, stuff that guy in a locker if he was 50 years younger. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, 50, 53, 55 years younger. <laughs> yeah, it's. They kind of um, jump out as the stable, which 100% works in NXT, especially as they right. are like a super indie stable. But right. on the main roster, they scream kind of like US title type of thing, uh, which yeah. would need booking around them to make them feel significant. And. They are good enough where if they get the right writing and booking, they could easily, well, I was going to say take over, pardon the NXT pun, but they could easily <laughs> get get their footing and feel like a team to be that would threaten. But because they're yeah. the slightly smaller indie guy, I'm not enti- I mean, I say that, I, that was always my fear with someone like AJ Styles or Daniel Bryan or whatever. And I guess in that way, I guess Daniel Bryan and CM Punk together kind of opened that door. So whenever I say those criticisms... It's more based on the evidence of what we've seen where they don't normally do that well, but there is yeah. the odd person that does. And right, people do break yeah. through. It's just a mm. lot less than sh- than they should. Um, mm. One thing I would say is um, if I were to profile all of them, I think that, and then say that, like, you know, eventually he would just want to split them all up because he doesn't want to, you know, push a, a heel faction that he can't push to the main event. Um Speaking about Vince, of course, hmm. um, I believe that Roger Strong is somebody that he would eventually trust in because he he got he has so much dog in him in the hmm. ring. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he would trust him as a promo, but like uh, he would, but he would absolutely win him over in the ring as far as his aggressiveness and and the way he just goes to work on the back. Like he, he already he already knows what to do with that kind of <laughs> that kind of dude, regardless of his size. Um, I think that he would figure. I don't know about Cole. I just, I just don't like. I feel like you know they are the ultimate. Um, I feel like Cole definitely has a chance to work if he has undisputed around him to do the undisputed stuff. Um, but individually, if he decides I need to break this up for whatever reason, I do find I, I, I don't really see success long term. Um, just, just based off the history, I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong because I hope I'm wrong when all these dudes I feel like mm. are going to get screwed up. But I mean, I saw him just completely just do nothing with Ricochet. Like I just, <laughs> yeah. you know, and <laughs> I, you know, and like 
say what you want to about uh, Ricochet. Ricochet has more gifts that Vince, or uh, yeah, flat out more gifts that Vince will want to push than he did historically with Rey Mysterio Jr. And no, nothing happened, nothing doing. Mm. It's at um, a time when like the wrestlers have gotten smaller. Yeah, where if you th- would think there would be any period in WWE history where those kind of guys could get their foot in the door, they're still not. Uh, and we're yeah. seemingly slowly reverting to the big guys at the top, which I guess, for me, I'm a person who, uh, when I phrase WWE in the past, it's when they've nailed the variety. And kind of like each mm-hmm. segment kind of feels like it has a purpose and they feel different from each other. Uh, I'm somebody yeah. who really, really likes that. Yeah. Of course, what I've not liked was last year, and it feels like we've done a lot to recover from last year in terms of the, I guess, I called it the... It's the Humpty Dumpty year where they fell off the wall and fell into pieces and they were trying to put the Humpty Dumpty back together again. Um, <laughs> that's, and that's also why I called Ray Wyatt the Humpty Dumpty demon because he'd come back and make oh, people's gosh. history relevant. It's, oh, he's a continuity demon. <laughs> I get your character now. <laughs> making, suddenly making your, your jumbled up past all try and make sense. <laughs> so um, that's really just defanged the fiend if they hadn't already. <laughs> Calling him the Humpty Dumpty demon. Uh, but anyway, so... Uh, that's kind of how I saw there last year. Compared to this year, it feels like they've done a lot of patching. I'd say they started at SummerSlam last year, and it's been trying to patch all the damage they did. And I feel like Drew McIntyre as champion has been the consistency and solid, uh, solidarity, the word? No, just consistency at the top that they've desperately needed. Just a, uh, Not just a champion who reigns for a while. He's a champion who's reigned for quite a long time, feels strong, isn't booked to be your typical babyface idiot like we've seen so many times. As in, you swap out Dolph Ziggler for Baron Corbin and you swap out uh, Drew McIntyre for Roman Reigns. That guy is falling for every single heel trick in the book. Compared to Drew McIntyre, where the writing for him was fantastic to the point where uh, when Dolph Ziggler asked him, please give me another match, he went, I've just faced you. No, piss off. <laughs> like, hey, uh, yeah. He's such a good right. character trait. Uh, just to see that it's, it's just yeah him at the top he's really really helped and now you can and in the background you've been able to build I say in the background but I'm talking about Randy Orton you've been able to build Randy Orton so now you've got a top baby face and a top heel you've got your big match of full time wrestlers in WWE to have <laughs> it's worked they've finally done it <laughs> I mean they're screwed after SummerSlam but for SummerSlam <laughs> they're fine they've finally got their match <laughs> that's and, a good point they are like I, maybe well, that probably gets them all the way to su- or Survivor Series, or a program between Orton and um, McIntyre, right? Like there, there's no way they're only going to do that once. Mm, it screams. It's one of those where it screams that they could keep it going, but also it's the big match. It's just that I'm with all the the I call them the faux finishers, but with um, Sasha oh, yeah. Banks, ver- Sasha Banks versus Asuka. Uh, We've seen two in a week, <laughs> or whatever, like two screwy finishes in one week. And uh, I think for me with that feud, it's, it's like I love every single person in this feud. And obviously really sad Kyrie Sane's gone this week. Um, but all four people in that feud, I think, are amazing. And mm-hmm. uh, the actual product I've been put in front of me. I think the matches are amazing. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's just the fact that the matches between Sasha Banks and Asuka, both of them so far, have been fantastic. Until the booking kicks in, <laughs> until the end, and it's just kind of screw finishes, and it's kind of like I'm willing to hold it back just because I really enjoyed the match. But you do that to me 
twice. I'm like, the second time, like, it's on TV. It's fine. I don't expect anything more anyway because it's television. However, if they were to do it one more time at SummerSlam to keep it going, that for me would be... Or do it another time on television to the build-up. It's just one too many. And even though the wrestling is great, I expect a screwy finish at the end. And that... It kind of takes away from the whole thing for me. And I really yeah. hope they don't do that to Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre, as in they have them have a genuine <laughs> fight, a genuine match. <laughs> like when I go over to New Japan and I see them just put someone over like every time. <laughs> it's just like it's so refreshing just to go to that idea. It's like, yeah, that does mean on the odd month the challenger won't feel as grand. You sometimes get a kind of like Okada's facing Takahashi, right. like <laughs> you join Takahashi. Not all the matches are going to feel like major matches, but it right. does mean when you do do the main big match, it feels massive. And that adds so much. Really. And if you've got enough, you can rotate it around, kind of like what AEW are going for, where they'll build something for ages and they get to that point where they can just rotate the main events just because they've been building for so long. And every week they've got this top match, <laughs> every single week main event in the show, because they've been able to do that. That's what long-term kind of building eventually gives you with all yeah. that stuff. Um, anyway, that's a massive tangent. We've gone half an hour. I reckon it's time <laughs> to go through the card. <laughs> Should we start the show, James? <laughs> half an hour in. Yes. Uh, I covered one segment in that, the shortest match on the show. <laughs> with the jumping match of Imperium. Uh, anyway, so we... Oh, I will just say, I didn't even start the show with a hello. <laughs> I think we just went straight into it. Uh, you can see our Twitter handles on the YouTube video underneath our respective screens. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, click on those. On the podcast version, I am the damn Impl- at the damn Implicat. James is at James Boyd eighty seven. It's pretty certain I remember that correctly. And wait, that's not my wait, wait, that's not my Twitter handle. Is it eighty at James? No, Boyd? I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. I'm oh, just messing with you. Piece of crap. <laughs> 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 Me, slightly blurry eyed, trying to read it. <laughs> it's like no, I've definitely done it. <laughs> Anyway, so we started NXT with a great little intro package for Keith Lee with the end is here playing over the top of it. And me, having recently watched Apocalypse Now for the first time during this lockdown, I was like, oh yeah, that was a good film. <laughs> just remembering just the, the, the end is here is playing. It's not the same song, I know, but it reminded me of that. Anyway, that's another tangent. We Pull it back in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> The first match of the show was Io Shirai and Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai and Candice LeRae. No surprise, this was a great opener. Like Io alone was athletically awesome as always, uh, but the other three are nothing to scoff at. Like all four of these women are flipping great, and uh, the champion came out first, but she was attacked by Dakota Kai within seconds of her entrance starting who herself was attacked by Tegan Knox, then Candice LeRae runs out, the four kind of walk brawl into the ring, then the ref shouts at them for a bit, and now the match is underway. <laughs> it's like, oh, right. okay, yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah the four walk, yeah, the four walk brawl to the ring, then the ref shouts for a bit, and now we're right into the tag team match, where am I meant to breathe? <laughs> it's immediately getting underway. Just, I don't know, what did so, you make of that start? So, I have a question, what, okay, so... At the end of NXT last week, the only match that had been advertised was the triple threat qualifier for the NXT North American ladder match between Thatcher and Loomis and uh, Finn Balor. Yeah. So, you know, they do this thing to where in midweek or, or a couple days out, they'll add more matches to on email or whatever else, email blast or Twitter and let you know, like, this match happened. Like, for example, the... The Gargano in uh, strong match. So 
I don't recall this match being um, advertised. And I remember specifically the week before on Twitter, it was going to be some f- sort of confrontation between EO and Dakota Kai because they put up a tweet from EO saying, I'll see you on I'll see you on next week's episode. And then all of a sudden she comes out, she gets attacked, and then two other people come in. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, because I guess it's because Regal wasn't there. They basically just had the ref say tag match players, and they just went to the ring and, and you know, treated like it was one of the old school SmackDowns with Teddy Long. I, I, did, is there something I'm missing? Was that advertised and I just missed it? I am realizing that I can ro- open my notes and see what I wrote for Dakota Kai. <laughs> what did she say last week? This is amazing audio content. Find Kai. <laughs> Here we go. Dakota Kai video. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> Come back. Right. She yeah, said. She, I, I can. I can. I can give you an idea of what she said. Um, she said something along the lines of, "Yeah, I booted you la- or the week before, two weeks ago. Well, in time, be two weeks ago. Um, so I want to see you next week, and hopefully, uh, you bring once you get the taste back in your mouth, you'll bring the NXT title with you." Yes, that's it. The the short term notes I've got are Dakota Kai calls out Io Shirai and suggests she brings the title too. And that's what I wrote right. last week for my notes for the show. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, you're right. Uh, it was hyped like that, and then we got a tag match, and it felt like it's the type of start where it's like, well, if you know the tag match is coming, then the fast start kind of makes sense. But it was all very sudden, given there was no hype for it. And the last thing we saw last week was Dakota Kai kind of saying, why don't you bring the title? Like, hyping up a confrontation, like you said. So it's... Right. I mean, again, we were praising NXT for the continuity, but this from last week to this week, yeah, it's a little bit jarring. Again, it right. makes sense if we know the match is coming, if they hype up the match. But because we didn't, it was yeah. a little bit chaotic. It's like, oh, we're, we're into a match now. Okay, yep. Yeah, like, I've not even started my tea. <laughs> my tea's not cooled down to even start drinking it yet. <laughs> we're already into the match. Uh, normally, I've got a bit of time to talk about the uh, that opening promo package or whatever the NXT play. Uh, but no, mm-hmm. like by the time I've reached the end of my sentence for it, this match has already started. Like, I've not even written down what the match is. <laughs> You've already started. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean the match itself was what you would expect from these four people if they're doing a TV match. It was to that exact level, and it was great. Like Io Shirai is amazing with no effort almost. I know that's not true. She puts in lots of effort, but it just comes across as effortless, which is incredible. Yeah. But yeah, the start for the start, I wasn't sure quite what to make of it. Uh, but there wasn't much room to ponder as the match immediately went underway. Uh, Tegan Knox and Candice Ray kicked off. Uh, a kind of back and forth, uh, but there was something extra behind the offense of Shirai and Knox. Uh, Dakota Kai was not doing too well as it went into break. Uh, the heels having to jump in and help their comrade a little too often. Uh, momentum never really in their favor. Uh, the end came after Shirai ran riot, as she mostly did every time she tagged in. Uh, double knees to Candice in the corner, dive to the outside on Kai, back in and up to the top for that incredible moonsault onto Larey. As, ne- as Knox made sure, just one last jump onto Dakota to make sure she doesn't jump back in. Uh, after the win, our babyfaces celebrate. As Kai walks away, uh, no care for, for Candice, pure grumpy grumps. <laughs> she looks down on our victors in envy. Uh, I guess that's the only real link we've got to last week. <laughs> it was just uh, her just out. I and mean, we got it in a promo package as well, which was more direct. Really, yeah. really, this all works if last week that promo package doesn't air. <laughs> you just take that out, everything makes sense. 
But because it does, suddenly it yeah, it's a little bit weird all over the place. But the match itself, yeah, it's grand. <laughs> it's just everything yeah. you would expect from it. Yeah, it was a very fun opener. Um, I wasn't that big on Tegan's work during the uh, North or women's title match la- or two weeks ago. Mm. But um, you know, it, it for me it was weird because like it, it, she's been on recent like she's been very good and in tag she's been dynamite. So it was good to see her like good to see that like you know she it was just a weird little off night or whatever else uh, as opposed to like you know what the hell's going on. So um, I I I kind of was um I kind of was into the idea of Tegan and Dakota um, seeing that they were friends. Uh, before Dakota turned heel, um, and it was really about you know Dakota, Candice, and um, Tegan as kind of like a triumvirate of friends backstage, and they would show it some glimpses of it on screen uh, that they were tagging together as like an all star tag heel tag team. Um, I uh, but I'm interested to see what they do with you know basically. Dakota leaving, you know, Tegan or not, sorry, leaving Candace to kind of basically just eat the pin. I wonder, I wonder what the, what the future is for that. Mm. Yeah. I will say if anybody watching the video saw me pull a really weird face, it's because a massive moth just flew against the door window <laughs> behind the laptop. So you would have seen me look up and to the left, to the right, like, holy crap. <laughs> it's all right. I'm safe, everybody. It's all right. It's what the door's for. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, also, uh, hello, King Venom popping up into the chat and uh, message disappearing before I could read it because of the scary moth. <laughs> anyway, yes. Uh, yeah, a fun opener, uh, even though it jarred a little bit from what happened last week. But of course, it's setting up something in the future, which I can look forward to. Again, I rate every single woman in that match a yeah, fun opener. The NXT's women's roster is stacked. And if anything, it's just becoming even more stacked as time goes on. As nobody gets yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You could get called up and just to be stashed away, like you know, Shayna has been for or was for a while, or flat out just Bianca. Like, why can't Bianca and and Rhea just go kill each other? Like, I remember they had a match. Uh, I think at the beginning of this year, um, in the build towards Charlotte versus Rhea, and it was super. Actually, I take that back. It was um Takeover Portland. They had the match. Yeah, they did, and it yeah. was so fun. Um, so I think that was their second match they ever had, and both both of their matches have been a blast. I don't know why they can't just you know do that again, but you know, main roster calls, I guess. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite phrase was uh, I think Triple H said this person would never get called up if there wasn't a plan, and then like just a couple months later they're up there with no plan. <laughs> it just it turns out it's not his co- as in he wouldn't call them up without a plan. I understand that, but yeah, you're not the one who's done it, <laughs> so it suddenly doesn't make. Uh, anyway, let's move on to something great. The second match of the night. Actually, there was a video. This is when they played the Adam Cole, Pat McAfee video, which we've already talked about in detail. It's the only part of the show for the first half hour we actually mentioned. <laughs> so <that was> great. <laughs> uh, the second match of the night was Johnny Gargano versus Roderick Strong. This is the case and point, the perfect example of why heel versus heel shouldn't be avoided. And when done right, bloody works. Uh, like hyped as a match, uh, settling nothing but ego, uh, playing out with them, playing their best cards in the attempt to out wrestle one another. James, what did you make of this match? I love this match. I I want to say this week and last week, these matches that have involved Gargano and Roddy, it it made you feel for just even in the moment while it was there, like 
this is the NXT like that we all loved a year ago before they ended up on USA Network, where you could just get just a bomb match between two of the best wrestlers in the world that you know just on on a TV show, and they'll you know someone will win and someone will lose, and then they'll move on from there. Um, I I loved it. Uh, I I just incredible crisp technical wrestling to start, and then the chops start getting unleashed from Roddy, and you know how Roddy gets down. He is he's Bane from Batman. He is the backbreaker. He's always trying to kill people's backs. He's blown out more backs than Lexington, Lexington Steel. Um, so he, <laughs> sorry. Uh, so like with that and with Johnny working over his left shoulder um, to you know to soften him up for the Gargano escape. I in all the just incredible mat work and and just flat out just outstanding wrestling throughout in the striking. I thought it was great. I thought it was a great match. I wish. Um, I hope it's just an appetizer for more from them against each other. Like, I don't know why they, they can't, you know, get, I don't know, 18 minutes at a takeover and go nuts. Yeah, because this was it's such a fantastic TV match because it teased you without giving you that ultimate, uh, I guess, final five, ten minutes where they then take it up another gear from this point. Um, it started off with Gargano controlling with Roddy's arm as well, which then came into it. With the Undisputed Eva man trying to counter a power, power his way out, like into a backbreaker, into something. Um, when he did, Johnny was just zoning in in that arm, I was going right in on that body part. He was only focused on the one thing. Um, if anything, that, so this is where I got my first inkling. If anything, that made to me, I saw Roddy as the de facto babyface in this match because of the way the flow was going with it. Um, mm hmm. He was, of course, obviously playing the Backbaker King again. <laughs> he right. was using that to get back into the match. Uh, the counters increased as the match went on. Uh, Johnny had the upper, th- upper, th- upper hand thanks to the arm work, uh, giving the uh, gap to talk round and go into the Gargano escape, which was it's like, oh, you saw him work in the arm. Then you saw it in play in the submission trans. Oh yes, <laughs> I'm just nerd wrestling brain, just just all smiles. <laughs> um, uh, Sequence of the match for me, with uh, Johnny Gargano attempting a rebound discus after he took an elbow to the head. Strong caught him, <laughs> lifted him into the fireman's carry, slammed him down yep. with the darkness falls, but Gargano somehow rotates into Ravana midair as someone on mm-hmm. commentary laughs in a gasp of amazement. <laughs> and right. Seconds later, they're on the outside, that leads to the finish. Yeah. Another awesome Hurricane Rana onto Roddy, sending him into the barricade. Uh, then there was the shove into the ring post, back into the ring, sling DDT for the win. Uh, but, my God, that sequence. <laughs> sequence yeah. of the show. <laughs> so, uh, fantastic. And, it, again, uh, sometimes this, the audience or something will add to the match. To me, it was that moment where the commentator was just got lost in what they were seeing. <laughs> it is a pure right. gasp of amazement. It's like, oh, that sequence, was, it was fantastic. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, Johnny Johnny tends to say, like, for example, I'm going to start from the top. You've watched enough Hiroshi Tanahashi to know that at this point, now that he's old man Hiroshi Tanahashi, where all he does is sells his knees, and it's just incredible, right? Mm. You always know, like, at the end of the match, he's saving that with that big slap in the face where he's going to slap the dude in the face and then it goes up to another notch. Or um, Charlotte, for example, she saves, she's over the last couple of years, she's now saves her chops for the end, for the closing stretch of a match. Johnny Gargano saves Hurricane Ranas and he keeps it in his back pocket. Like, 
if you ever notice it, you just peep it like you're like, oh, this is like the great like transition to like the final third of the match. Like he he's that's his that's his one. Mm. <laughs> For me, it's like when uh, Rey Mysterio started doing it with the I called it the Super Hurricane Rana, but it's just because he would spin all the way around his opponent like two or three times. Uh, but it was it'd be where he's elevated it to he's done so much stuff and now he's doing the crazy one <laughs> and that just kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. adds to it so damn just to do it at that point now I think like the one that came to my mind was when he had his uh, feud with CM Punk and Chris Jericho once say 2009 but that year for Rey Mysterio was kind of like when he re he was in between that kind of after his peak after the injury but also just becoming a veteran kind of point of his career and mm-hmm. as we were talking about with Tanahashi, as he reached his veteran years, <laughs> he saw a lot more <laughs> of that stuff kind of showing up. And same with Rey Mysterio, I'd say, kind of saving that bigger stuff for later. don't know why Rey Mysterio, of all people, was my go-to example. There's so many more <laughs> that do it in a completely different way. But yeah, it's just it, Rana, that's probably the point of relation. Anyway, after, yeah, that's what it was. So after this amazing match, we cut backstage... Quite a few times. First off to Dakota Kai. Yeah, the backstage interviewer, whatever her name is, got a lot of work this week. Uh, we had uh, Dakota Kai. Is she new? I don't remember her. Yeah, I've, in my notes, I was like, I must know her name. Because, uh, again, in my notes, I was writing, blonde interviewer whose name I don't know. And I was just like, I'll just delete that. Because <laughs> I don't know who you are. I should know your name. If I don't know your name, I just won't, won't write you. <laughs> it's all right. Um but she was interviewing Dakota Kai first, who was talking about not being a team player anymore. Uh, she's sick of playing games, attempting to become number one contender, because she is number one contender. End of. When Rhea Ripley walks in, uh, she says EO is hers, and she has no problem with going through anyone who gets in her way. Totally up for Rhea Ripley, Dakota Kai. Fear Kai is winning via shenanigans. We've not seen Kai's... Oh, what's... Uh, the her Raquel Gonzalez. Yes, thank you. Yes, we've not seen Raquel Gonzalez in a while. I don't know if that is like current situation related or if it's just because that they've stopped doing it or whatever. I kind of <laughs> I like the dynamic. It's odd. It feels like an odd thing to kind of get rid of if it wasn't for other reasons. Uh, but anyway, they're getting Kai versus Ripley, and I've got no issues with that at all. <laughs> like it's just the next kind of build. I felt like. The build for Kai going to EO was missing something. As soon as Ripley walked out, I was like, ah, that's it. <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> but just yeah, it's that sudden realization of, yeah, I was talking about how I loved all four of those other women. Now with Ray Ripley back, oh, yeah, amazing division. <laughs> and you're building Mercedes Martinez off to the side as well. It's like, just rubbing your hands, like, you're getting ready. <laughs> division's getting hot <laughs> again. It's awesome. Uh, after that, we went to another interview. Where this time with Timothy Thatcher, uh, who promos on his two opponents, and Dexter Loomis was peeping from the darkness in the background over Thatcher's shoulder. Uh, interviewer late. Oh, oh, actually, I haven't deleted it. <laughs> interviewer lady, whose name I don't know, <laughs> is a tad creeped out by that. <laughs> <laughs> Such a normal dude. If anything, it's crazy just how normal he is. Oh, Dexter, you normal person. You're just normal. That's it. Right. Shotzi Blackheart versus Mercedes Martinez. I've already name-dropped Martinez. Rate the world out of her. Can't wait to see her built as a heel, if it is my dream role for her. <laughs> That's just the fact. Because we've only really seen her as a babyface, really, in like May Young Classics and things. But to see her built as a heel, yes. All down for it. Um, the uh, weekly Shotzi showcase kind of continues to roll on. She's there every single week doing something. 
Uh, this time in her first true one-on-one -on -one contest against an opponent that could legit beat her in Martinez. Uh, what do you make of the martinez Robert stone pairing, I guess, first off? Um, I think they're using him as a um, some sort of test, like a litmus, litmus test, right? Like, if she gets over in a certain way, I think they could basically have... Uh, Mercedes tire of him for some, you know, bungle of incompetence and dump him on his head and, and turn babyface from there or uh, just use or or continue this run as a, you know, a new incoming top of the hillside for the women's division. Yeah, because because. Oh, because uh, with with Robert Stone, you have you have a mouthpiece. With Aaliyah, you have a pin eater. That's a lot of protection. Mm. Long term, anyway. Yeah, because I'm a bit biased just because I rate Mercedes Martinez so highly that I'd love to see her go to the top as this massive heel. Um, obviously, there mm -hmm. are other people currently ahead of her, so this is perfect, really. And like, I wasn't entirely sure with the Robert Stone stuff, but I, I will say I like the dynamic of he and Aaliyah being legit scared by her. As like after Martinez <laughs> used Stone's distraction to take advantage, advantage uh, like Robert Stone and Leah like yeah we've done it and then when she walks close they're like well, just step back and then continue to clap but they took the step back when they realised Mercedes Martinez was coming over <laughs> it's like yes I like that that <laughs> they're working for her but they are legit scared of her because <laughs> she will yeah. break their legs as she said last week uh, but uh, I will say in the permanently matches, yes permanently break your both of your legs will, uh, there you go that's why I don't do insults <laughs> I'll start all over the place <laughs> There's the reason the joke the of the uh, the jokey dynamic where it was, I think it was when it was Bush and Blair were the two kind of leaders of the countries, and it would be like America would say we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and then Bush and Blair in the background is going yeah we'll do that yeah, <laughs> it's that kind of the polite British man's like yeah whatever you say <laughs> it's all right anyway I don't know why I'm doing that voice for England <laughs> I'm letting down my people <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, this wrestling match. <laughs> so uh, Shotzi uh, ended up with a long string of offense, which surprised me a little bit, until Martinez countered with a spinebuster. Uh, she launched Blackheart down hard after a German suplex from the top had the Greenhead Warrior flying backwards. Uh, Martinez picks her up and drives her down with a crash for the win. Uh, Martinez's strong booking was not halted by the Shotzi tank. That doesn't quite work. <laughs> I need another vehicle kind of transitioning thing for Shotzi. But still, it's uh, the building of Martina as well. And this, I guess, continues to build Shotzi as a babyface role. thing I really liked was Shotzi didn't lose because of interference. She lost because Mercedes is awesome. Love that. It's <laughs> just a slowly building thing. Um, again, this is kind of building mid-level stuff. Uh, stuff that could be... Uh, people who could be the future of NXT... But currently, the women's roster is amazing yeah. at the top. It's perfectly fine. Yeah, it's all good to build these people in yeah. the background. Yeah, I think, I think, um, obviously Mercedes before um, Shotzi, but I could see Shotzi becoming the top babyface women's division in a year, eighteen months. Yes, actually, yeah, something like that type. Like when um, it's not quite the same comparison because she's featured a lot more. But when they got Keith Lee. I remember there was quite a long period where there was a few criticisms of, why aren't you using Keith Lee? You've had him on your roster. Oh, God, like, yes. I can't remember how long it was. It was reaching close to a year, and he's just been featured. The now summer 
the summer 2018. Mm, they had him that oh, case in like, point. Might <laughs> be actually not. They've had him that long. <laughs> Just, yeah. Yeah, like mm. him and he was. I believe he was in the crowd. Um, at, at uh, whatever's takeover for 2018 for the SummerSlam 2018 he was in the crowd and then he came in and then like him and Riddle both were just like on the back burner or kind of on the back burner and then they both like had interactions with Ono and then they basically sent or Keith Lee sent Ono packing out of to the NXT UK and then like from there then you start getting the Dijak stuff and that kind of brings up the speed uh, yeah, it's, yeah. So it's a similar thing, I guess. In a way, well, I said similar thing. I meant to say it's not quite the same, <laughs> but it's just that same feeling of there's a long period of time where he was featured now and then, but eventually he got his uh, awesome moment. And this feels slightly different because they are at least being featured, but there isn't always that rush in NXT. To you have to immediately make them a star. You can build them up, make people care, have them put on awesome matches in the middle. Like, again, Keith Lee, Dijakovic, where they had those awesome yeah. matches, and then they've got this huge following when you do call them up to that highest spot in the card. Anyway. Yeah. I uh, think that's one... Oh, oh sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I think there's one of the issues with NXT now that they're on TV and trying to counter-program AEW, um, is that you used to have more time to actually put in squash matches to where... Uh, you know, like we we got that the last couple of weeks with the tag teams um, for Breeze and our fan Breezeango and um, Imperium beating the hell out of Everize. But um, it used to be a situation where somebody comes in that was an indie name or whatever, somebody they want to push um, to be credible uh, to give wins to somebody else. Eventually down the road, they would come out, they would squash somebody, and then you know start stacking those squashes up, and then it would kind of be like for babyface anyway like they would lose two or three big matches against other like credible opponents in the in whatever division they're in and then like they would get one win and it kind of like okay is this push now uh, and you kind of just like that's what that's when it gets them off to the races and Shotzi kind of needs that that one to kind of get her there but she's in these matches but eventually she's gonna have to beat uh a Candice LeRae yeah, and not in a manner of which she beat Shayna Baszler or eliminated her, as in, as in like where the book right. is a super shocker. Like surprise, surprise, right. when Shorty G is booked as it's a super surprise whenever he wins. Like, well, eventually you got to, right. it's got to stop being a surprise, and it's because the wrestler is great and awesome. I feel like they built Shotzi exactly well enough for where she is at the moment. It's just that next mm-hmm. kind of level thing, and uh, they used her to make to get Mercedes over, kind of like in the reverse of it. Where yep. you've got this, you've yep. got this star building momentum in Shotzi Blackheart. She's constantly featured. Then this monster comes in in Martinez and just destroys her. Uh, it wasn't quite like that, but still, she won in the end. And that that German suplex was awesome, <laughs> off the top. Just uh, I think I think Togi Makabe. I think it's a go where it's like the spider suplex. I think he calls it, where you yeah. ger- yeah. German them off and then hit the King Kong knee drop. Yeah, so yeah. Really great, Martinez. Great to see her getting that kind of push. Uh, next week, we've got Ridge Holland from Yorkshire. He sounds like Jon Snow <laughs> from Yorkshire. Uh, he is debuting next week for the North American Championship. I'm dropping the accent. <laughs> I can't do. It. I can't build the expectation that every time I say Ridge Holland, <laughs> I've got to say it like that. Uh, anyway, so uh, Keith Lee was up next. This is convenient because we've just uh, been talking about him. Uh, Keith Lee with a super serious promo. From the NXT champion. That's weird because I 
ab lib to start. He even said a naughty word. Oh, Keith. <laughs> like, all your extra BS, we're on YouTube, we can't swear. Uh, all your extra BS doesn't mean nothing when you come face to face, man to man with Keith Lee. Uh, he calls Cross out, but it's Cameron Grimes. <laughs> Me saying I'll stop the voices. <laughs> it's Cameron Grimes. His music hits. And I'm just, I was, I was just sat, sat there and out loud just went, oh, mate, mate, mate come on, mate. Like, oh, come on, mate. <laughs> As he was going to Keith Lee, it's like, this is not the time, mate. No, this is not, no. <laughs> and he's just constantly going on. And that was kind of like, because the way that Cameron Grimes just kept on going on and on, because uh, I was out loud just going, come on, mate, at him doing that, I enjoyed myself. <laughs> it was a fun little minute for me. <laughs> As he just didn't stop. <laughs> uh, he chimes on and on, and eventually Keith Lee just grabs him by the throat, drags him into the ring, throws him into the corner, and... Uh, the lights go down before he can properly kill him. <laughs> and it's Scarlet Bordeaux on the stage. Uh, Grimes uses that distraction to charge at Lee. Uh, but the champ just catches him and powers him up and down with the powerbomb. Bordeaux shimmies her arms a tad. And uh, Killer Cross's video plays on Titantron. Isn't technology amazing? <laughs> just, and... Uh, uh, oh yeah. So we transition into Killer Cross talking. He says, uh, "Who stands there and does nothing as their friend suffers? You did that." Uh, he provides Keith Lee with two more choices. He gives Killer Cross his chance at the X NXT Championship, but he doesn't want to know the other way because everyone will suffer. Keith Lee responds with fire. Uh, Pick the time and place, and I will whoop that ass. <laughs> yes, nice and straightforward from Keith Lee. And his delivery there was fantastic. Uh, so I guess, what yeah. do you make of, I guess, the A, the segment, and B, uh, the feud of Keith Lee versus Killer Cross? Or, no, Callie um, and Cross. I keep forgetting these. I'm nerding out with the indie names. But yeah. <laughs> so, segment-wise, I thought that it accomplished everything it was intending to do. It was trying to show you that Keith Lee has gears and emotions and he's more than just the affable guy basically doing standard wwe baby baby face champion uh mode where he's like the mc and the master ceremonies of the show and he's you know kind of lighthearted and trying to be kind of you know nudge nudge funny um and it showed that like he's pissed he's done playing games he wants to whoop that ass. Uh, and we, we've never really seen that from Keith Lee. We've mostly been seeing him cut those standard, you know, promos. I've been talking about They're like, oh, yeah, The Rock did this when, when he was around. Let's try to make every guy cut the Cena, Rock, Roman Reigns, and honestly, some uh, Drew McIntyre MC pro, uh, promo. Becky Lynch, too, as well. So um, I thought it was letting you know, like, the games are over. Um, if you wanted a match, you could have asked for a match. You didn't have to go out here with the nonsense with, with hourglasses and, and attacking people that I care about. I'm going to, when I'm getting my hands on you, I'm going to hurt you or we're go, or somebody's going to get hurt when we wrestle. So um, I thought it was great. I thought that it also lets you know how serious and how, you know, even more once Grimes comes out. And Grimes is just a great, uh, you said we can't cuss on YouTube. So <laughs> he's somebody I describe as a S-head heel, yeah. meaning yeah. he's... So dumb that the only emotion this person ever registers is I'm in danger from running my mouth. I'm going to get destroyed, but I'm just. A, but I think I'm the greatest. But I really suck. Mm. Like that. Like that is him to a T. Like another person that's very good at being an S head heel is like uh, Kyle O'Reilly, 
Like you just think this person is just a dummy, but but he thinks he's awesome. Uh, Buff Bagwell back in the nineties, he was a great S head heel. Jericho has been a great S head heel, especially when he was in uh, Nitro on Nitro. Um, but but yeah, like he came out there. He he's he proclaimed himself as the number one contender, even though he hasn't been anybody clean worth a damn. Sorry for cussing. Uh, and and he comes out here fresh off of getting beat by Priest and says, I want a title. Like, yeah, I was trying to get both titles, but you vacated one of them. So I'm going to come out here and I'm going straight to the moon. So uh, that's more of a West Virginia Randy Moss accent than actual, <laughs> like, North Carolina country. But I, whatever. Close enough. Mid-Atlantic. So um, he comes out there with the nonsense. And he's like, he doesn't understand why Keith Lee hasn't moved or acknowledged his existence. When it's like, we see Keith Lee's face and he's like, he he is burnt. He is burning with rage inside in contempt. So the second he grabs him, it's on. He destroys him. He puts it aside because he's a garbage cheap shot artist. Grimes tries to attack him again, and then Keith Lee basically lifts him thirty thousand feet up in the air, and then drops him with a power bomb. And to let you know, like I'm done with the games. I'm dead serious. I will hurt somebody right now because because I'm so upset. I thought I thought it was great to be honest with you. I thought all of this let you know like the seriousness of it. Like this is this is major league. This is the main event uh, of of this coming takeover. I thought it was great. That's actually a a fantastic point of just that shot of Cameron Grimes chirping his way to the ring, and you see Keith Lee's face as he's doing it. Just as the anger that's been building and building, and he's past the point of being able to just handle irritating. pricks (laughs) pricks <laughs> like Cameron Grimes and oh, I, got, I guess there goes the monetization. Is that, is that the monetization? I don't know America. What are your standards for advertising? They make no sense to the British. <laughs> I was swearing it's a lot more a lot more commonplace. <laughs> I remember um, another tangent. I remember when my uh, brother's wife first came over from Utah and on our panel shows on TV just like a show that would air at 9 o'clock or whatever they openly say the S word or the F word like no one cares. It's just like having a bit of fun but just seeing right. that on national television, just and us not bat an eyelid, and we're just laughing along, all calm, like nothing's wrong. <laughs> it's like, but he just said the S and the F word in one sentence. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> it's fine, right? <laughs> like, um, but but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'll eventually get used to it. I'll do my best, YouTube. <laughs> I'll do my best. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's setting things up really, really nicely uh, for I'm assuming what will be the main event of NXT Takeover Thirty. Well, I don't know why I hummed, I hummed there. It's definitely thirty. <laughs> uh, don't yep. don't Google take over triple X. Just piece of advice. Oh, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> just 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 say thirty. The number thirty. There's nothing wrong. <laughs> you won't get anything weird with that. Uh, anyway, so uh, after that we got the Imperium and Everrise match, which led into Undisputed Era making their proper return as a unit. Uh, after that, we got Bronson Reed's journey from Auckland, New Zealand to making his dream happen at Takeover 30. The thick boy dream comes true. Ooh, uh, <laughs> that's the second week in a row. <laughs> Something has been said. Because at first, so this week it was the thick boy dream comes true. <laughs> and last week it was the North American Championship will get the Finn Balor rub. Like, ooh, ooh, uh. <laughs> ooh, uh, the Finn Balor rub. <laughs> so next week, we'll see what they come up with. <laughs> they haven't got the best crop of people, but... 
They've two in a row. They've knocked it out of the park. <laughs> anyway, uh, we got William Meagle's response to Karen Cross and Keith Lee. I really like this. Uh, he says he will not be bullied into just giving opportunities. As always, all shots will be earned in NXT. I like that. <laughs> and of course, it guarantees you're going to see Killer Cross do his kind of show of dominance against somebody as he becomes number one contender, or you get, or you just get an awesome match. Well, as somebody who could maybe match Karen Cross. Either way, awesome. Yes, I like that. There's a reason we like William Regal, and this helps, this kind of thing, this kind of authority. As in, it's not plot's convenience authority. It's, no, no, you have to earn that. <laughs> I'm not just going to let you do it. It's not like the rules of the Royal Rumble. <laughs> it just drops for convenience. It's fine. It's all right. Uh, I mean... That that sounds nice to you until you ask like why the hell did Velveteen Dream what did he do to get himself a, a title match at at the takeover last time? Yeah, it t- turned up. <laughs> that's a fair point. That's exactly this. <laughs> Actually that's a really good point. Yeah. Uh number six. Number six, so that makes no context to the rest of you, it does to me. The sixth segment of the night was <laughs> <as>, uh, <laughs> uh one third of the Rich Latter music group. Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Jake Atlas. <laughs> that's, the, that's the official name now. <laughs> I was trying to think what's the whitest way <laughs> that I could describe it. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, Jake Atlas showing off how athletic he is in this cruiserweight contest. Uh, Swerve returning the favour. Uh, another damn enjoyable match as Scott refuse, uh, Scott focuses on in on the cruiserweight championship. That sentence was hard to read. <laughs> some, uh, why do I put so many words in my sentences? Uh, some awesome reversals and counters in this. Uh, my favourite possibly being when the two were up in the corner. Atlas lifted yep. Swerve up and spun down. Like, oh, that was that was amazing. Like into the fibers carry, then just spun down. That was fantastic. Uh, Swerve halted the LGBTDT war, whatever its NXT name is. It's not that. I know that. Might be like Rainbow DDT or something. Just same no, message, like, but more PG. Is it not? Well, well, one one thing is like since they brought in Atlas when he came in and debuted at the Cruiserweight uh, tournament that they had, he came in. He talked about how he is different and he um, and you know he is trying to set a path for people that are like him or whatever else. And I remember re- listening to this, not knowing that, uh, not knowing that he was gay, and mm-hmm. I was like. What the hell is he talking about? He's talking about being different. It's like, but not saying what makes him different or or, or whatever else. And then like, Rich had to tell me on air while recording One Nation Radio. Uh, oh yeah, he, he he's talking about that he, the fact that he's gay. And I was like, oh okay, why can't he just say that? Like they have people that are, mm. they have they have gay people on their <laughs> air that are open. Like mm. I don't understand. So so after that, I just assume like nah, they're not touching any of that, which is like unfortunate. Yeah, um, and the, yeah, the fact they're not calling it the LGBTDT, and part of it for me was the name fits the move so well, and it's such, right. and it's it's an awesome name as well. And right, there's a ring to it. Yeah, it, it's it kind of it kind of sucks that I can't remember what the name is because it's that un more that unmemorable in comparison, whatever it's called. Uh, but yeah, I don't quite understand why they can't do that, why they or if they don't want to or whatever. Um, again, I really rated Jake Atlas when he was on the indie scene, so him being there is great, fantastic, totally deserves it. Uh, just little, little minor things make you go, hmm, why are you presenting it like that? 
<laughs> anyway, he we get to see him wrestle on NXT, and that's kind of like the main point, which is awesome to see. Uh, dangling on the outside after the LGBTDT was cut off. <laughs> I'm calling it that. <laughs> after it was cut off, he was dangling on the ropes, and he was nailed with the house call kick by Swerve, then back in the ring for the JML driver and the win. Swerve is coming for you, Escobar, in a fun cruiserweight match. It's just... Out of everything on the show, this was, I guess, the only one which didn't feel like it had lots of kind of hyper momentum for it. But that's more because they're at the early stages of building Swerve up as a contender for Escobar. So obviously, it's not going to have that kind of feel. Like, for example, Drake Maverick versus Escobar's got weeks of storyline into it going into right. it, meaning there's a more to grasp onto. Whilst this is what week two and week one was promos. Yeah. So it makes sense. It's building fine. It's building nicely. I'm assuming this will be on TakeOver 30. Uh, but I don't really, I can't always be sure with the Cruiserweight Championship matches. Like, I don't watch yeah, 205 I'm, Live. There's too much wrestling as it is. But Yeah, I'm yeah. afraid that I'm, I'm, I feel like this is going to be something that gets burned off like on the Go Home Show 2 TakeOver. Hmm. No, like if I remember, cor- if I remember correctly, wasn't the wasn't the the tournament final um, for the for the cruiserweight title? Wasn't that on the go home show to in your house? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a, I I hope it's not because like Swerve's you know Swerve has showed improved uh, for for the year. Another person we talked about how they slow tracked. Um, he has shown improved every single time he's been in um, full not full cell the PC or full cell or whatever um, that. He's somebody they could, you know, put give a legitimate role to. Um, in Escobar, I've loved the Escobar, uh, the whole character, the role, the position he's in, um, the chess pieces that they left behind from the tournament uh, for people he could wrestle, um, like Swerve. Uh, I, I've loved the whole thing. So I, I think I feel like it was the best thing they were actually honestly doing um, in the lead up to Takeover. So. I will hope that, you know, eventually it does start making takeovers because it's the best stuff they're doing. Yeah. Some of it. And, like, and, and that's after they did a really, really, really strong reintroduction with it, with Leo Rush and Angel Garza. And right. it felt like they've got, that, yes, this is perfect. This is amazing. And they got unfortunate, obviously, with COVID and giving the title to an Irishman. So that's kind of, that mucked <laughs> everything up. <laughs> and like with, and then they've had to rebuild again. From scratch, after they nailed it, they've had to start from scratch again. In a uh, yeah, that sucks that they've had kind of had to do that partly of their own making. Yeah, like just to... don't forget that part. Yeah, like I <laughs> yeah. like some of the things with NXT. I, I I'll just like you know, it, it it is you know it's a third brand, but it also is a feeder system. So like whatever weird things happen to the storylines, if it is involved in involved with you know main roster stuff. Um, I'm more, I'm kind of, I'll give it grace because, you know, it is, what do you want to do? Do you want the third brand to like tell, you know, Vince, no, like that's nonsense. So, um, but don't get it wrong. Like they do make mistakes from time to time on NXT, um, especially with all the hot shot they've been doing lately. But, uh, and that's their own doing as bookers. Like that has nothing that doesn't have that much to do with Vince. Hmm. Yeah. Like, um, like I am a New Japan is my number one ma- massive thing. I'm a fan of and uh, mm-hmm. AEW. I'm really loving as well. But they've all got you know cons and things. They've all got things that I will critique. It's just that obviously yep. when I do critique them, the bar is a lot higher than 
what it will be on the main like for main roster WWE. I'm like, well done, you've got continuity. Good, who's a good boy? <laughs> <laughs> well done. Compared to like AW NXT and New Japan, where the bar is so much higher. When I'm being critical, uh, it may sound like I've got a similar amount of stuff, but no, the bar's much higher. Just because what if you listen to what I'm critiquing on those things, it gets a little bit kind of I guess closer to nitpicking. <laughs> I guess the way to put it. Um, Again, we spend ages on things that don't matter. <laughs> it's just kind of, kind of yeah. a point. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, anyway, so next up we got, like again, like we couldn't remember the name of the interviewer. Oh, <laughs> it just doesn't really matter. Anyway, so uh, we got the, in- she's back again, interview with this time <coughs> Damien Priest, a.k.a. the lead winner on Can Imp Remember His Name and Not Calling Punishment Martinez? No. <laughs> Every <laughs> single week. <laughs> I spent for ages. I, like I even had it as punishment Martinez, and then my head I went, "Oh, they could do a thing with him and Mercedes Martinez." Oh wait, no, they can't. He's not called Punishment Martinez. <laughs> it's an indie name, you nerd. Uh, anyway, so Damien Priest is in next week's North American Championship Triple Threat. He finds out he'll be alongside Ridge Holland and only Lorcan. Uh, all money would be on the big man, but they've got a debuting rugby fella. So there's a tad of a spanner in there, <laughs> but maybe you you are uh, oh, Toa Hanare him and you have him do the spear because he's a rugby player. All rugby players do the spear. <laughs> it's set up by New Japan Pro Wrestling. That is what you do. Uh, and I guess apparently he's wrestled in NXT UK, but I've evidently not watched NXT UK <laughs> again. There's so much wrestling. I don't have time for WWE's fifth sixth brand <laughs> like it's just i don't have time for that is, that, is it even sick I, I would say wait so smackdown raw nxt i would say nxt uk and then 205 live uh then main event then oh yeah i forgot about main event <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. i i wow who watches that <laughs> apparently some people do i see gifts now and then on twitter i was like but how how or Unless you work for a website writing results, why? <laughs> why are you doing this? So, yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, I cover WWE on this site. I- I've not even made it past two shows, <laughs> which I'm meant to be covering. Never mind all the way down there. Uh, so, anyway, we got that to look forward to next week. Uh, this segment was something I really, really enjoyed because they were hyping up next week, which is something which is really nice to see. Probably because we've been kind of used to a WWE world where, or NXT world where, you don't always know what's happening on the week after. So maybe this is the advantage of recording two shows at once. Uh, so we got the hype for the North American Championship match. Then we got the reveal of Rhea Ripley versus Dakota Kai being official for next week. Then we got the NXT Tag Team Championship match, Imperium versus Fish and O'Reilly, also official for next week. That's three big matches, and AEW aren't even running a special show. <laughs> that is awesome. That's, that's great to see. <laughs> As I said, I think last time I had you on, we were saying the same point. If you're not watching one of NXT or AEW, you're missing out because they're both great. <laughs> they're both yeah. so damn enjoyable. Uh, again, why the brand loyalty makes no sense to me. Like uh, uh, Xbox for their Microsoft did a thing for their Xbox thing, and it's kind of like have the console wars really reached such a point that. It's been completely glossed over that everything you saw you can get for four pounds on an amazing streaming service. Like the money saved there is incredible, and all the people are arguing about of all oh, Microsoft's dumb. Look at those graphics. Oh, they're stupid. Oh, look at that. Like, 
but the value for money is incredible. <laughs> and I've never owned an Xbox in my life. <laughs> I am a Sony person through and through. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It reminded me of that just a little bit, seeing the NXT and AW thing. Like the most predictable thing in the world when Dynamite launched was the wrestling fan war. I don't want to call it war. <laughs> it was the most predictable thing ever. And obviously like people like us where we just like to watch as much wrestling as possible. <laughs> it's just like yeah. Why you're missing out on all this great stuff for whichever side you fall on? Yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on to as my eyes get slowly blurrier, and I need to definitely make sure that I'm reading things correctly. <laughs> uh, the main event. We've made it to the main event, and don't worry, I've written in my notes that this is the least amount of notes I've ever written for a main event. I say ever. This is episode five. <laughs> I've not really done that much. Uh, the main event was uh, the North American Championship ladder match qualifier number two. Uh, Dexter Loomis versus Timothy Thatcher versus Finn Balor. Uh, Loomis interchanging between only striking when purposeful to flying over the top rope and landing on his feet with a slightly odd edit that made me think that man did not land that particular spot. <laughs> it was just a classic, oh, there's somebody walking in front of the camera. Oh, oh no, he's on his feet. <laughs> Ta-da. <laughs> just, uh, you can't Chris Angel me. <laughs> no, no, he did not do that. <laughs> there's a naughty reference for you. <laughs> anyway, a, uh, a slower match in relation to last week's Barn Burner. Like, a lot more occasions with the that pattern of one lad on the outside as the other two go at it till you go till you're good to swap out. Not really a fan of that rhythm. Uh, Thatcher's 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 Thatch can was not very effective against Loomis, which I liked that character trait. Uh, able to straight up counter reverse into his own submission. Yeah, like uh, Balor, why well, I'm saying Balor. Balor stopped the first with the coup de gras, but when Thatcher had Balor in the ankle lock. The sneaky bastard slithered in their monetization and locked Timothy Thatcher in once again, uh, choking him out and Lewis advances to the ladder match. There's not much else to say, really. That pretty much sums it all up. Uh, the ma- ladder match is so far filling up with people who haven't had any big matches to date. Uh, will that kind of lineup continue to f- fill out in that vein? Um, Maybe, and if it does, uh, like let's say if... Let's say Swerve gets into it, right? Mm. So that would be like that would be the third person that was in the breakout tournament last summer. Oh, that's a point. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, but right now we're two for two in, on that. Um, you know, they already pulled Garza up because you know we can't be having like you know super charismatic uh, dudes <laughs> that can work their asses off like have long strips in uh, in NXT can't be doing that. But um, yeah, I. This match was interesting because I felt like there was some pivot in the Loomis character as opposed to it being like as rigid as it normally is where it just feels like this is NXT, this is a work rate promotion, um, no nonsense promotion and you are basically have this, you know, axe killer more or less like stalking around like 90, like a 90s brother of destruction. Like this will not, this is not going to work and I, I don't know if you heard about the amount of turnoff his up match in the opener oh. of last week's show was, but like they started, the, they started NXT at a million viewers or the show that preceded it, it had a million viewers. And within five minutes, they had lost 400,000 viewers watching Dane versus Loomis. Damn. So <laughs> it, it felt like off of some of that, like there was small pivots, like he sold a lot more than he normally does. He didn't do as much creepy stuff. His music had been revamped a bit. Um, so, 
you know, he did the big flip, which is it's a flip I've seen him do. Um, because I, I I am I live twenty minutes away from Largo, so like I I have attended some Largo Loop shows. Um, so I've seen him do some things like that. Uh, so like I'm not really concerned for that kind of character now that they've, they've made some concessions. Uh, being in the ladder match, but it still is Loomis and it is uh, Bronson Reed. So you know Bronson Reed's more or less there to be a base in some of these matches and to get his one gigantic spot, OMG spot in there. So I think we're off to a good spot, but like I don't know how many more. Uh, I think we need like more flyers. I don't know how many people are going to be in this match, but they need to start getting flyers in here. Yeah, you've got creepy bastard. Then you've got. Um, you got uh, Bronson Reed, who I love. Bronson Reed, he's awesome, deceptively agile, and can fly. And his finisher is him flying, but yeah, there yes. isn't that light guy. Like if you look at if they're trying to do something like the original North American Championship ladder match, which was full of guys who were in similar positions at the time, but they hadn't. Like, I don't think anyone had really had that massive main event kind of moment at that point. Like it's crazy to think that was Adam Cole's first championship in NXT. Yeah, I would say, I would say I would say Velveteen would be well, Velveteen and Cole would be like the two exceptions to that at the time. But yeah, mm. almost everybody else like Ricochet. That was his first match, I believe. Mm. Oh, damn it! Was... In NXT, <laughs> NXT is really weird to time assess because it feels like everything was ages ago. And you look at the time; it's like last year. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> oh, like thinking like Ricochet's time in NXT feels like it was so long ago. It was like no, he wrestled at Royal like the Royal Rumble weekend twenty nineteen. He was. You know, still in NXT. <laughs> I, like, oh, I mean, he yeah. was at the WrestleMania. Remember, his last match was him and him in um, Alistair Black. Their last matches in NXT were WrestleMania weekend at that Takeover. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it came yeah, they the had. Point, yeah. They, you know, they won the Cruiserweight. or not Cruiserweight. They won the Dusty Cup, and then they fought um, uh, the. Ro- I'm sorry, the Viking Experience slash <laughs> War, War Raiders, whatever the hell they're calling them now. Uh, they wrestled them on. Uh, at that WrestleMania weekend takeover. So it, it, it changed like, you know, wrestling moves really fast. And I, I, you know, the main roster is like the antithesis of that. Cause it's like, everybody's feels like they've been there forever. But, mm. um, but yeah, like NXT, it, it, it from takeover to takeover is almost can be a, a, a snapshot before we got to like the last like year or so. Yeah. Like you get what it's like, what I guess, what it's like in terms of, all the guys there who are either like you get that feeling of you're ready to go after this takeover type of feeling. Yep. You, you you know whether somebody well, you feel like you should know whether somebody's going to stay or go after that point. Uh, is always guessing how long will they be there. Like we've not seen Champa since he put over Karrion Cross, and there's yep. rumors about him maybe doing something at SummerSlam. Obviously, the word was Randy Orton that ain't happening. So for we for we know he might get something after SummerSlam or something, <laughs> or he debuts or. Whatever he's not been on NXT, which is kind of the main point. But then so was the Dijakovic, where he was apparently called up and then never shown, and back to NXT you go to uh, put Karen Cross over. Um, yeah, that, I feel like that might have been a write-off. Oh yeah, and, and for me, yeah. it's even if he's like was just back for the Karen Cross stuff. Like mm-hmm. yeah, I'm totally down for these big guys putting over Karen Cross, just making it feel like yep. an absolutely huge deal. There's a, yep. Yeah, I bought into Karen Cross after Bloodsport last year, and I've not really changed from that. <laughs> like, I saw him in Impact, but it was Bloodsport where I bought him. You're seeing him just in that realm, just have a straight up match against uh, Davy Boy. It's like, yeah, 
he can go. <laughs> and yeah. whenever I see, I think I was uh, talking with Fenichel last week, just um, what is Karen Cross, how's he going to fit into NXT? Because he doesn't really seem to be the, as you were calling it, the massive work rate kind of guy. Uh, for me, he screams, like, he, for me, he's always screamed he'd do really well in the WWE system. And that's mm-hmm. when he, I saw him wrestling in Impact without Scarlett Bordeaux next to him. Like, yes, they were both employed, but now he's got Scarlett Bordeaux. It's like it's a given. <laughs> as in, as, like, we all know what Vince's type is. As soon as they, they, he lays an eye on Karrion Cross and Scarlett Bordeaux, they are going to the moon. <laughs> like, it's, for me, it's one of the most in-stone things. <laughs> I, I'm saying that, but I always have my hesitation. <laughs> Just because, uh, but NXT call-up, does it matter if Karrion Cross screams WWE? And he's got an attractive blonde female wife, which also means you're getting skyrocketed. <laughs> like, there's two things together. <laughs> it's just... But for me, he screams that he would do really well on the main roster. So I don't know if we get that long a run in NXT, uh, which I was, thinking, I was saying last week when the match was set up for him and Keith Lee, I really don't know who, who would win their match. I would want it to be Keith Lee, but the put can cross over so dominantly. It's like, but do you have him lose? Even though... I'd like to see a Keith Lee run for at least a bit. But Karen Cross has been built so strongly and has been put over by Champa, by Dajakovic. Is Keith Lee that next one? I hope not. Um, I, I really come down to... Is this, are we already at a point where like, oh yeah, this is a loser leaves town, leaves the promotion match? Is, that, are you, is that how you feel already? <laughs> it's what, when I say... Because like you said... I mean, like, like you said, like Royal. Keith Lee's already been. Oh, sorry, I was saying like mm. Keith Lee's already been. Like as you mentioned, like we're about to hit year two for him, like on the dot. So, like, but like you said, they pushed. Uh, I almost called him Dijakovic. They they've pushed <laughs> Cross so well um, that you know this looks like almost like a ready made act for Vince. So I, I mean, it could be. It could very well be a lose leave town or yeah, lose leave town match. Or at least, because Karen Cross, he feels like he could have that Kevin Owens run, where he's there for like half a year, then by 2021 he's there, he's up. But with Keith Lee, I kind of feel like he can be your face of NXT, he can be your top draw, your top guy, but you don't want to have him not on the main roster for too long. <laughs> and he yeah. he screams that he will should also be a star once he is on that main roster. Like Once this current crop of NXT are all on the main roster and now they're all big guys as well, like Dijakovic, Karrion Cross, I guess Riddle and Keith Lee. Once they're all together, or at least all on the main roster, you kind of feel like that next generation really can push forward. And they're big lads, so surely they're going to do well. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an well, interesting period for NXT. I feel like so many of their top guys are ready to get called up, where normally you get that feeling with one or two of them, not all mm-hmm. of them. <laughs> so I've got no idea who goes first. And like, you think, surely, Keith Lee doesn't lose because he's just won it and he's the top guy. Surely, Karen Cross doesn't lose. No. <laughs> so what do they do? <laughs> uh, and it's NXT, it's not the main roster. Because uh, I was talking about, I wasn't sure whether I would do Drew McIntyre Randy Orton at this point. Because they are the two top guys in their respective field on Raw. And I would continue to build to it. But the fact they are doing it on the main roster, I fear they've put themselves into a corner or the screwy finish in some way. In NXT, I'm like, I've got no idea who they'll put over. I have that expectation that somebody's going to get put over, which means that I I feel like there's going to be a finish. 
and that really adds to my to the show when I go into it that I expect a winner. I've just got no idea who it's going to be, and that's something I praise New Japan for as well. And it's slowly building for AEW, but it's definitely there for New Japan, where you don't expect there to be. When I say a screwy finish, I mean like the WWE way, not the evil way. Like you don't expect to be. <laughs> you don't expect it to be a screwy finish. And that means so much to the expectation when you go in. You, there's no expectation that your time will feel like it wasn't worth right. it. Um, right. So It is, yeah. yes, television or programming that is rewarding you for watching it, yes. Mm. That's, that's how I've described New Japan quite a lot. <laughs> it just yeah. it rewards you to, for investing time rather than punishing you for it, going, ha, nerd. Yeah. I mean, I mean... <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a little bit different ever since, you know, this New Japan Cup with these 30-minute uh, Evil Main events. But overall, since I started, I've watched, you know, New Japan for f- the last five years, that is overwhelmingly the, the case. Mm. So proof we've finished NXT, we're happily <laughs> going on about New Japan and other things. Uh, so I'll use this, use this to say uh, thank you to James Boyd for coming on super late uh, super late minutes as yesterday just sent a message like, James <laughs> and he's on he's arrived so thank you to James for uh, popping on no problem man uh, also uh, please do listen to the other shows here on Laws of Pain Radio we've got AW Dynamite post show uh, Dynamite After Dark with Jamin and Jeff uh, Fridays is the WWF the Legacy Series We've also got the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast, who have currently got an interview up with Ring of Honor's Amy Rose. Remembered the name and everything. <laughs> I'm so bad with names. <laughs> I remembered who they interviewed. I'm so, yeah, again, <laughs> I'm so bad. Um, the All Night Wrestling Long Podcast has been putting up loads of interviews with people, and I just suck at remembering everybody's name. <laughs> so I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Quick and Painless Podcast have also popped up on uh, uh, the YouTube again, if you want to go to Earth there for it. And we've got a new show starting soon, hopefully this Monday, which will just be on the podcast, a podcast exclusive, uh, which is the uh, history of Canadian wrestling, told in a very, very mm. similar way to uh, the WWF, the Legacy Series. So done in a very uh, unabridged, I guess is a way to put it, as in no cracks <laughs> left. <laughs> just properly... Oh, I was about to talk about ceiling that you put on skirting boards as my comparison. <laughs> no cracks left. <laughs> There you go. I'm up there with all the flashy comparisons <laughs> and everything. So I, I know what I'll use. Grout. <laughs> That'll be my comparison. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so you can follow me on Twitter at the damn implicate. You can follow James on Twitter at jamesboyd87. And with that, I... Oh, wait, I came up with a jokey one last time. With that, that is that. Oh, that, damn it, that sucks. <laughs> I remember last time I said, and that's that. <laughs> and that's how I ended it. But, uh, uh, and uh, anyway, that's my goodbye. <laughs> and James says... Later. <laughs>